You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by The Famous Company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. People, we are back for another episode. And of course, we are continuing our Pride Month podcast specials. And I am joined by the amazing Laura Bruno. I think I did it right. Did I do the surname right? You did it very well. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Laura, how are you today? I'm really good, thank you. How about yourself? I am I am good. I'm good. I'm I'm really excited uh about this interview. We 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 did interview Mark, of course, you both from BMG. The fantastic and Mark. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. And he's amazing. I can't wait, I can't wait to get uh another opinion on 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 things that happen in the industry uh and see if if you both uh have very similar answers to it. Um first of all, are you able to let us know what your pronouns are? Yes, indeed. Um, I use she, her pronouns. She, her, that's brilliant. And uh, my second question then is how did you get your start in music? Well, I guess that depends where you consider the start really starting. Um, Music's always been a big part of my identity. And for example, I was really heavily involved in student radio when I was at university and then did a whole load of unpaid music journalism work when I thought that that was going to be my path. Um, But my first proper job in the industry was a three month unpaid internship at a Transon House label. Um, I spent three days a week at the internship, three days a week temping. But I managed to make ends meet and they ended up making a role for me there. I ended up staying there three years in the end. And it was a really amazing place to work with really strong role models and good people. And funnily enough, I recently bumped into my old boss from that job who gave me my start after not having seen him for years and years, despite us always saying like, oh, let's go for a drink. Let's go for a coffee. We should totally catch up. You know that never happens. Yeah. Um, but it was so nice to bump into him. It was a lovely kind of full circle moment to be able to talk about what I'm doing now and where I've got to. Amazing. Talking about where you've got to, um, please tell us more about your role at BMG. For sure. So I'm a marketing manager in frontline recordings, which means that I'm working on the new records that the label are putting out. I work across quite a diverse UK roster, which includes Amy McDonald, Van Morrison, Carl Cox and Joan Armour Trading. But I'm also the UK label manager for our Nashville country imprint, Broken Bow Records, and I'm the UK country music specialist. So it's my job to put together the teams that are going to work on a campaign, work on the creative narrative for the project and liaise with all the different departments to really steer the ship on my projects. There's Mm. a lot of coordination involved, but I really love what I do. I hardly hear the term UK country. (laughs) I know you don't hear it enough but it's happening it's great we've got fantastic artists like the Shires and Twinney coming out of the UK which everybody should listen to but also you know we're getting more opportunities to bring US country over to the UK and for example you know and really change the people's ideas about what country music means it's not just you know 
old guys in big Stetsons and stuff. It's, um, you know, for example, I'm working with an openly queer country artist called Brooke Eden at the moment in what I do. And that's been really exciting and getting kind of like the coverage across the LGBTQIA plus media for her so she can tell a story. And again, I don't think I ever hear country and queer in the same I know. Breath. Get ready it's, for it. Yeah. <laughs> education. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm a sucker for uh, for like Zach Brown Band and Florida Georgia Line, so I'm definitely going to jump into some UK country. I mean, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, well, Zach Brown Band's another one that I've done as well. Another <laughs> one that's signed to us. Oh, that's amazing. Well, let's talk about Pride in Music. This is this is the reason that I've been able to connect with you this month. And I imagine, and, and Mark did kind of um, second this, this June is a very busy month for you. Oh, my God. Never ask. I was saying this to Mark the other day. Never ask the Alphabet Mafia to do anything in June. It's like you wouldn't ask Santa to be doing extra stuff for you at Christmas. Don't ask us during Pride. <laughs> We're too busy. We don't have time for that. <laughs> a little bit of an insight for the listener. I did say to Mark, I said, hey, I think it would be great if um, if you came on, because Mark did the, the, the podcast with us before. I think, I think it'd be great if you came on during, during Pride Month. I, I really want to talk more about Pride in music. I think it's excellent what you guys do. And uh, and then he was like, oh, there's a few others that we can talk to as well. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I think it was a mix between me and Mark's kind of excitement to get everybody else on board. Um, so I apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't mean, I'm so excited to be doing this. This is fantastic. But yeah, but, it is a very busy month for us. Well, tell us, tell us more, tell us more about what is Pride in Music. So Pride in Music is a cross-industry non-profit organisation for the LGBTQI plus community, artists and allies working specifically within the British music industry. And what does the uh, what does Pride in Music do for the, the LGBTQ plus community? So we've got a wide range of actions within our community. First and foremost, I'd say Pride in Music creates a safe space where people from the industry can be our authentic selves. We organise networking events and panels in conjunction with other industry bodies, such as our recent partnership with the Musicians Union, which actually took place yesterday, for our Pride Month panel on LGBTQ plus women in music. We've had the full support of industry trade bodies in the UK, including the BPI, where we sit on their diversity advisory group. Um, One of the things we'd really like to do more of is run partnerships with local homelessness or disadvantaged charities to provide work placements to underprivileged youth who want to seek a career within the music business through work placements, either within festivals or within businesses within the industry. It's something we wanted to do a lot more of and then the pandemic kind of got in the way, but hopefully that's kind of a... Um, something we're aspiring to in the future. And we also yeah. get to uplift young and up-and-coming LGBTQ plus artists through partnerships with festivals like the Mighty Hoopla, where we gave them the chance to open the stage for a major UK festival, which was great. Wow. So very much all exciting things. And I think every time I ask that question, what is Pride of Music or what do you guys do? The answer becomes longer. And I <laughs> it's so great. Like it's just it's just so great. But but how did you get involved then? What what was it that kind of sparked your interest? 
In Pride in Music? Yeah. So um, obviously I work with Mark, which mm-hmm. is one of the big joys of what I do. He's fantastic. And um, so we've been very kind of involved within LGBTQI plus activations within um, BMG, including, um, you know, our private work group, which we'll get onto in a little bit. But mm. so we've we've kind of been helping run Pride at BMG for the last few years and things. And this year we've got a lot going on as well. And Mark reached out to me and said that they were looking for new board members and would I be interested in being put forward? And I said, oh my God, yes, please. That would be amazing. And so he did and the board approved and uh, we are where we are now. But I I initially kind of joined up as a member when Mark first started publicising um, Prided music within BMG when it first started as well. So kind of been signed up, but now I get to be even more involved, and that's really exciting. That's fantastic. And congratulations to you. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. <laughs> um, let's talk more about the industry then. Um, so do you feel that the music industry celebrates Pride 12 months of the year, or is it kind of like that one month? push that the rest of the world kind of feels and and believe me I'm not just asking from a BMG kind of point of view I I, I know and I understand that BMG does a lot for for pride and a lot for the community so um maybe just kind of your overview of the music industry like do, do you feel like it is represented throughout I mean that's a difficult one I mean I can't I can't speak for the whole community and I don't feel like I can really speak for the whole industry on that matter. I feel mm. like I can only really address the question from my own personal experiences. I think most people within the industry will tell you that, you know, you're so, it's so full on what we do and we're kind of like in our own headspaces and it's enough to know what's going on in our own companies and to necessarily look outside of that but what I can speak to is the work that we've been doing with BMG Pride at Work and that certainly goes beyond the month of Pride which you know which you've already kind of alluded to um I mean we're lucky to have a really supportive HR team and an executive board that kind of places a global priority and focus on DE&I matters we've been celebrating pride within the UK BMG business for the last three years but we also hosted a global commemoration of Trans Day of Remembrance last year wow. um, we had a UK business discussion forum around international non-binary people's day and we put together an information pack for lgbtqi plus history month in february including book lists for parents to share with their kids around the half term break um, mm. and our hr team is currently working on a trans inclusion policy and has been seeking counsel from pride and music lovely is that a word i don't know um, it is today <laughs> to sense check it <laughs> So I guess my summary, as far as I see it, is kind of Pride is a spotlight once a year, and that's really important, but the mm. work is happening behind the scenes all the time. Yeah. How, how long How long have you um, worked within the industry, even, even back to when, when you were, were an intern? And so, like, how, how long are we talking here? A decade, man. Decade. decade. Well, like, <laughs> for, since, since the start then... 
are you seeing the the did you see the difference at the beginning is this because i always feel like the music industry is one step ahead of society there's always there's always a change coming in you can always feel it through music and entertainment um is there is there i guess my question is is there more of an openness now or was there always an openness back then and everyone was kind of accepted back then i think things are well, you would hope that things are always kind of progressing forwards. I know that's not always the case. And actually, we need to hang on to the hard fought rights that we've been pushing for so that things don't slip backwards. And we've seen, you know, here and in other places around the world, how easily that can happen. I think mm. specifically in relation to the music industry, it it kind of feels like it is in, in the rest of society in that there there is a kind of greater visibility for example with Spotify for example the fact that they've done those fantastic pride lists and actually they've been they've been continuing those throughout the year so even even though it initially started up I think to to put a part a kind of a spotlight on it around Pride Month. It's something that they've continued to put focus into and developing, and that's kind of there's there's greater visibility, and it's there's always that um, that balance to be struck when it comes to corporates getting involved with things like pride and there's the two sides of the coin in in the conversations I have with people on the one side it's like oh people are just cashing in on pride and trying to make money out of us and where do they care about us the rest of the 11 months of the year you know there's that side that it's people might feel that it's exploitative and sometimes you know they're absolutely right in thinking so but there's the other side of it where people are talking about, you know, if you'd been, when you were growing up, kind of walking through like uh, a, a shop, we don't really have them over here, really, shopping mall, shopping centre, but, you know, you kind of walk through there and you see rainbows everywhere and you feel like the world around you is a more inclusive space. Yeah. So I think the more there is a focus, even when it is just once a year on Pride, the more visibility that creates across the industry, the more people feel accepted and feel more comfortable being able to be their authentic selves. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if I've answered your question or not. No, no. I, I think I think you've you've definitely covered uh, a, a big part of it and and it is it's weird i feel like it's not only down to um let's say like a company like bng but it's also down to the individuals and we can scream and shout for a month and and wave the flag for a month but if we then just go back to july comes and you've got the same mindset as you had in may then that whole june just wasn't it, it, it didn't do its job yeah. and yeah, and yeah. so i feel i feel like sometimes um we do I feel like it, it should just be more than just this month I think this month should be more of just a reflection and then the 11 months of the year should be as hard hitting as as the work we did during June um, absolutely 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I think I think that's what's great about Pride in Music, and I think this is what's great about Pride at Work. Now you need to tell us a little bit more about Pride at Work, because um, I know at BMG there's there's I did want to ask. Actually, before I do ask, you want to kind of let the listener know what Pride at Work means and, and what it is. Sure. So um, BMG's Pride at Work is uh, an employee network group for LGBTQI plus colleagues and allies. Um, so the BMG network groups began out of the Me Too movement and our US colleagues setting up a gender equality group, which we then mirrored in the UK. And as we progressed, what we realized is that we needed to create a broader umbrella within which different diversity and inclusion groups could sit. So we've now got six DE&I groups within the UK business with groups for our colleagues of colour, allies and anti-racist, disability and neurodiversity, gender equality, parenthood and of course BMG Pride at Work for our LGBTQIA plus colleagues and allies and um, we've also got local and global DE&I councils and I sit well, and Mark as well, we both sit on the Nine Strong UK Council amazing and with with I, I like the fact that you, you you told us it all kind of kicked off after the me too movement um before this kind of took place i think we're talking is at 2017 um if i get my years correct um at bmg was there was there always a policy in place to look after lgbtq plus employees or um has this just been created due to the community getting getting bigger I mean, we were we were definitely, you know, we were we were starting to support we to celebrate Pride before then. Um, I think. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get my timelines right. Obviously there's only so far back that I go because I only, you know, I joined the company five years ago now. Um, but it definitely feels like everything's kind of amped up further. And what's been brilliant is it's kind of things have been really developing from a grassroots level. So it's not just a case of, you know, things being top down. There's also been this real engagement from the people within our company. And I think it's kind of stepped up a gear yet again, kind of following Blackout Tuesday last year. We had a really frank and honest discussion forum across the UK business and it felt like that broke down a lot of doors and barriers when it comes to matters of DE&I within the company. So people are really feeling empowered to stand up and engage with the conversations and mm. take action as well. You know, we've seen so many new members join the BMG Pride at Work group recently and their enthusiasm has been fantastic and it's nice that we're now able to you know when we get new starters coming one of the things that we can tell them tell them is we've got all these groups you know come get involved and take action which is fab yeah that's amazing um what do you feel then the the music industry has to do to become better at, at looking after the lgbtq plus community representation definitely so we need people in positions of power that are out and are proud and are really contributing to decision making within our companies that can represent our community um one of the most rewarding things i've been able to do in my job is representing lgbtqia plus artists like i was telling you before with brooke and people like her and helping them to tell their stories in an authentic way 
I think in order for companies to best serve queer artists, they need that representation within their teams. They also need LGBTQIA plus role models for people that are industry, uh, entering the industry mm. to aspire to. Because, you know, as the saying goes, you cannot be what you cannot see. And um, also, I think we really need to normalise conversations around sexuality and gender within the workplace. Cis heteronormativity shouldn't always be assumed as a default. So within BMG, we've now got an official guideline and support on adding our pronouns to our email signatures, which might seem like a small thing, but this gives trans and non-binary people the opportunity to vocalise their identity without having to come out every time that they're speaking to someone new. Yeah. Things kind of do that shift, and I think we are more and more, we're shifting away from an assumed heteronormativity and gender binary. We can avoid that situation, which I think a lot of LGBTQI plus people still go through, which is having to come out again and again whenever you start a new job or meet new people through work and it can be a tense and anxious process never knowing really how those around you are going to react and I think it's not something that would necessarily occur to our cis-hetero colleagues because it's not something they ever have to worry about you never have to come out as straight or a cis you know what I mean yeah. it's just assumed yeah, I, I, I do want to ask this as well, because I I've been doing uh, a lot of research as as I would do prior to a podcast. And I've I've always said and I, I keep on seeing a lot more of it just being down as LGBTQ plus. Uh, you're adding the I in there as well. Um, the the uh, personally, should I be should I be added more to what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I always find it's good to to ask. Do you know what I mean? Um, if I should be adding the, the the eye on there, and if so, I can do. I can continue without. We've got a few more of these podcast episodes. We've got Instagram lives happening. Um, do I do I add the eye? Is the eye that that that's like an official ad? Um, so I think it it's not something to get hung up on. I think you know the more inclusive all of us can be, the better. Mm. Um, but again, that's also what the plus is for, <laughs> to yeah. make sure that you haven't left anyone out. But I think, you know, I think people's understanding of gender and of sex is um, expanding. People might not have been aware of people being intersex and that not just gender, but sex actually being a spectrum as well. Um, mm. And then the A on the end being for ace for being asexual as well um so that's again something that i don't think a lot of people necessarily think about you know it's that everyone has you know assuming that everyone are sexual beings and not everybody is and that also needs to be recognized but there's also you know you can dig down into the different layers of that because some people um you know might might still be romantic but not be sexual or you know all there are all different spectrum of people um across gender and sexuality and so no matter how many letters we add on there I don't think we're ever gonna cover the full breadth so that's why the plus yeah. is a great little add-on so it's really up to you I think but I think what you've been doing is great so thank you I've just realized I just realized we've been we've just demonstrated something that I really kind of want to push as well 
for, for anyone listening to this right now who isn't a part of the community, who is kind of on the outside looking in, um, I always find it best to ask questions. I don't... Absolutely. I, I've never had a response from 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 anyone inside the community that that they would kind of come back to me and insist that I should have known that already because I don't feel like I don't feel like there was enough education when I was growing up about it and sometimes you can maybe get the wrong information online and so I just always feel like in a conversation like this I would rather hear it from the from from the source for you to basically say to me like this is how I see it and and that's how we I'll be able to communicate better um so yeah anyone listening now if you've got any further questions please feel free to message <laughs> message us or get in touch with pride and music um i mean so many of us as adults grew up during section 28 so i spent pretty much my entire you know educational career you know growing up through through until secondary school and beyond you know it's and you weren't allowed to know, learn so it's not mm. surprising when you think about it that people do have questions and people didn't have that education as you say as they were growing up because they weren't allowed to because it yeah. was banned so well, well I've got a question for you sure and it, it is more of a personal one here I know of course we've been going throughout the the, the industry and, and the work you do at BMG but but I want to know personally what does pride mean to you pride well that's that's a good one I think means a lot to me I think pride on a personal level means to me being able to be visible and be authentic and have a space safe space to really be who you are without fear of judgment I think also pride is a protest uh, in terms of pride as an event pride is a protest and it always was from its inception I don't think that that should ever be lost um mm. because it's not a parade and it's not a party I mean it can be all of those things as well and I think that there's a real importance in celebrating your joy and being with your people and having a great time that's fantastic but it's also we don't have equality yet you know e e even here we don't um, and in other places in the world, even less so. And so that element of protest and actually defiance is important too. So I guess those are the things that pride means to me. A massive thank you to Laura. And if you want to know more about Pride in Music, then head over to prideinmusic.org. There you can join their mailing list, but also you can become a member and help them continue their incredible work for the LGBTQ plus community and allies working within British music. And for more interviews, AMAs, tips and tricks and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Famous Co. That's at The Famous Co. My name is Zaid. Tap that subscribe or follow button and we'll see you all next time. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.